You are listening to a message from Foothills Church in Miraville, Tennessee. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com. Well, good morning, church. It's good to see you guys here today. Uh, We are in a series that we have entitled Detox. And last week, we talked about how to detox from our past. And if you missed it, I encourage you to go online and uh, watch that sermon. And it shares a lot about how to, what what we do with our past when when that past brings pain and and when that past is not dealt with properly. Today, I want to talk to you about your relationships. And so, uh, just want to remind you that you can go online, foothillschurch.com, download the 21 day devotion. I've asked everyone to, to, to do that each day. It's a great devotion written by uh, our pastors to, to help along this series. Uh, last week, I asked you to fast from food, and I hope you did that. Maybe maybe a meal a day or one day or two or three days, and I did, and man, it felt good. Uh, revived my, my, my body physically, and so uh, I want to encourage you guys to do that. We're going to talk more about what we're going to do this week a little bit differently, and, and then, of course, the, the prayer meeting. Uh, Wednesday morning at 6 a.m., man, it was it was awesome. Like worship, prayer, uh, one young woman got uh, saved. It, it was great. I was like, I didn't know God did stuff like that so early in the morning, but he does. It, it, was, it was incredible. And so I encourage you guys to come and be a part of our service this Wednesday at 6. Um, so let's, let's turn in our Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. I'll be there in several minutes. But as you do that, we all have people in our life that either add value to our life or they suck the life out of us. You know, we've got those people, right? We have people in our life, when we see them, we say, oh, hey, or we say, oh, no. You know, we've all got those people, just be honest. So I want us to think about what potentially is in our life today that, because we wanna examine those relationships. We wanna examine those friends, those people, those influences in our life that could be toxic, they could potentially be hindering us from growing spiritually in our lives. So who are your friends? Just think about them right now. Think about that. Who are your friends? Some would say, man, I have a lot of friends. Some of you would say, I don't have any friends, man, if I would be honest with you today. Some of you would say, I have many acquaintances, but I don't have a lot of really good friends. Uh, Some of you would say, man, I'm on Facebook and I have thousands of friends, right? You got hundreds, right? But I think we should stop calling Facebook friends friends and just calling Facebook contacts, right? Because how many of you like have friends on Facebook who you don't even know? <laughs> you, put, you see your feed, you're like, who is that guy? Why am I even friends with him, right? Uh, I had a friend on Facebook like send me a message and say, uh, do you want to play Animal Farm? Help me collect four pigs. What? I'm thinking anybody that is truly my friend knows that I don't give a rip about your pigs and how many you're collecting. And so it's like, can we just be honest today? Like we have people in our life that are influencing us and they are toxic. A, they're wasting our time. (laughs) Maybe they're influencing us to uh, be disobedient to God. Maybe they're, they're, they're like critical for whatever reasons, if you would just simply be honest today about some of these people in your life, I wanna give you some steps on how we can overcome that adversity in our life. Because I know from personal experience how important it is to monitor our friendships. Uh, a buddy of mine from high school, uh, we were friends in college. Uh, and we, he and I, good friends, toxic relationship. When I think about all the times I got in trouble, all the times I was doing something wrong, it was with that dude. And so 
I think about that, and it wasn't until I realized some of those things were going on. I was toxic for him. He was toxic for me. And eventually, at the end of college, we kind of began to go separate ways. And when I look at my life, that's when the trajectory of my spiritual life took off. Now, I'm not saying it's all his fault. It was my fault. It was, it was what I was deciding. It was what I was allowing. And maybe today you're going to look at some of your relationships. Maybe you're going to realize that some of these relationships are toxic, and it's time to do something about it. A uh, pastor in Oklahoma named Craig Groeschel writes this in his book, People closest to you will be your greatest spiritual asset or your worst spiritual curse. And there's a lot of truth to that. People in your life today that are close to you, that you've allowed to be close to you in your life, they could be your greatest spiritual asset or they could be a spiritual curse. They could be a roadblock preventing you from experiencing Christ, preventing you from growing and experiencing the greatest year of your spiritual life. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 15, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. I love that. Do not be misled. Now, this is incredibly important for us because we oftentimes mislead ourselves. We're misled by friends and we lie to ourselves. We mislead ourselves. We think, I can continue to hang around this person. I can continue to spend time with him or her, and it's not going to hurt me. We're lying to ourselves. We think, okay, I'm going to be the influencer on them, right? Well, I'm going to be the one that's going to influence them, and that's the intention. But when you examine your life, has that really happened? Or has the opposite happened? Have they actually impacted you in such a way that your character has been changed? Toxic people will make you sick. So let's talk about some steps and some ways that you and I can overcome these relationships. So if you're taking notes, number one, first thing we want to do is we want to identify toxic relationships in our life. Bad company will corrupt good character. If this is true, then you and I need to be aware of the bad company that we are keeping in our life. We want to identify them. Now, teenagers, college students, you're still figuring out who you are. Right? Some of you are in your 30s, you're still figuring it out too. But, but teenagers and, and, and college students, you're like trying to figure out who you are in life. And as you're determining who you are and what steps you're going to take and what you're going to believe and who you're going to hang out with and who, you know, what you're going to do with your future, you know what the number, one of the number one influences in your life are? Your friends, your relationships. How valuable and important is it for you in this season of your life when you're trying to figure out who you are and what you want to do with your life? How valuable is it for you to realize and recognize the toxic relationships that are in your life? I can tell you how many teenagers I've seen who have had this incredible future, grades, maybe athletics, maybe God doing great things in their life. They, they start dating the wrong person. They start hanging out with the wrong crowd. And one step at a time, one day at a time, they get further and further and further away from this incredible godly life that God wanted to give to them and, and, and they miss it. This is critical years for you. Second Timothy chapter two, verse 16 says this, avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Think about that. Godless chatter. 
He's talking about toxic relationships here, toxic people in, in our life that would, would teach us the wrong things or teach the wrong doctrine or teach the wrong way to view life or to view God. And he says, do not get involved in that kind of godless chatter. If you do, it will lead you to become more godly and it's going to act like gangrene in your life. Now, if you're in the medical field, you know how terrible this is. And, and I've done a little research. Essentially, gangrene is an infection. You know, you get a wound, uh, it gets infected. If you don't treat that wound, that disease grows, eats away at your flesh. The, the body stops pumping blood to that area and it essentially rots and decays and it can kill you. The only way, uh, if you can either fight the infection or a lot of times amputation is the only way to overcome it. That's what he says. Who would have ever thought that conversations could lead to something so serious as amputation? Well, spiritually speaking, if you're allowing these toxic relationships to influence you in a negative way, if you're allowing these situations and these relationships to grow, it is acting like gangrene, spiritually killing you, spiritually shutting you down. It is that important. Let me talk to you about three types of, of, of toxic people that may be in your life, all right? So if you're taking notes, the first person that you wanna be aware of is the negative Nancy. Yeah, we've got some negative Nancys in our life, right? This is the person who nothing is, is ever good enough for them. They complain about everything. It's too hot. It's too cold. Our weather in East Tennessee gives them plenty of ammunition, right? It's freezing. I wish it would warm up. Now, it's too warm, right? I don't want to go to a boring church, but I'm not going to a church that's too edgy. I don't like the music too loud, or I don't like it too low, you know? The food is too hot. The food didn't come out fast enough. On and on and on. These negative people in our life are draining us. It's toxic in our life. The chronic negativity is draining. Secondly, you've got the manic manipulator. You gotta be aware of these people in your life. The manic manipulator is overbearing. He or she will force his or her opinion on you constantly, thereby uh, the reality is you tend to always do what they wanna do because their opinion is the only thing that matters in the relationship. They make everything about them, even your own feelings. Have you ever shared your feelings with someone? And then they return that by saying, thanks a lot. Thanks for making me feel like a terrible person. You ever had that happen? Wait a minute, I'm sharing my feelings. How in the world did you just make it about you? That's the manic manipulator. They're good. And you gotta be aware of that toxic behavior. The third person I would make you aware of is the toxic tempter. Now, the tempter is the person that leads you or tempts you to do something you know is wrong. I mean, you know it's wrong, but they tempt you to continue to do this. This is the girlfriend or the boyfriend that wants you to engage in sexual activity. And this is the temptation, even though you've made it clear that your plan is to honor God with your body. They tempt you. This is the materialistic friend in your life who you know life is more than just material things, but when you hang around her, you all of a sudden wanna spend more money. 
You want to swipe that credit card and you got to have those kinds of shoes. You want those kinds of decorations. You want those kinds of clothes. Everything that she has now you envy and she's tempting you to become a materialistic person. You've also got the friend that wants to invite you out on the weekend. You know it's a party and you know it's all about getting drunk. And even though you know that, they tempt you and you dive in and you go and every time you go and every time you get drunk, you wake up the next day feeling terrible and you know you're far from God and you know you've made another mistake. How many toxic relationships do you have in your life today? If you'd be honest, you've got some negative Nancys, you've got some manic manipulators. Maybe you've got some tempters in your life. Here's a couple of things that's happening right now. Some of you are like, yeah, I've got some friends that are doing that. Some of you are like, dude, I'm married to one of them. <laughs> what do you do with that? What do you do with that? Well, I'm going to tell you, hang tight, hang tight. Here's the other thing. You're going to realize that you are the toxic person infecting someone else's life. Here's what we do. We identify those toxic relationships. The second thing that we do is we create guardrails for those relationships, guardrails. So what's a guardrail? Well, when you're driving on the road, you see the guardrails on the side of the road to keep you in the right lane. I mean, the guardrail keeps you from driving off the road in Tennessee, driving off the cliff of a mountain, right? Or at least into a ditch, uh, from going into oncoming traffic where a really bad accident is about to happen, right? The guardrails are there as a boundary to protect you and I. So in a relationship, we've got to create these guardrails. We've got to create these boundaries in our life that will allow us to stay in the right lane because the reality is some of you are in the wrong lane relationally and until you create some boundaries, you're gonna to continue to harm yourself and you might potentially drive right off the road. We don't wanna see that happen to you. We need guardrails. Now think about the life of Jesus because he gives us a great example for guardrails. I mean, Jesus had 12 disciples, not 12,000. Boundaries, not letting anybody in, not, let, not, not letting everybody a part of my inner circle here. I'm choosing 12. Jesus does this. Everybody had needs. Jesus wanted to help everybody. And yet he goes to some towns and he doesn't heal everybody. He doesn't talk to everybody. He has guardrails. He has boundaries in his life. Think of his friends, one of his closest friends, Peter. Uh, one day, Peter did a couple of things that, that really irritated Jesus. But one day, Jesus is telling Peter about how he's going to suffer and die. And Peter says, no, I'm never going to allow that to happen. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns in Matthew 16. You see, what Jesus is doing here is he's created a, a guardrail, a boundary, and you're not gonna talk like that in my presence. You got it? So that's the boundary that he created. He speaks into that situation. Now, I don't expect you to go home today and to tell your husband, get behind me, Satan, right? It's not the encouragement. But here is the encouragement. The first thing I think we should do, once we identify them, we create these boundaries. Here's one of the guardrails that we do. We think in advance our response to this situation. Because if it's a toxic person, it's an ongoing problem, which means that they're gonna do it again. So, when we think about, okay, this is gonna happen again. So when I get into that situation, here's what I'm going to say. Here's a few examples. So if someone is constantly yelling at you or disrespecting you, you're gonna prepare a statement and in a very calm and clear way, when it happens again, you just simply say, you know what? You're not gonna to talk to me in that manner. 
When you're ready to sit down and have a productive conversation, you let me know, and then you walk away. That's a boundary. You're not gonna do this to me any longer. If someone wants to gossip to you, man, how infectious is gossip? Gossip about a church member, gossip about a leader, gossip about, you know, Hollywood, you know, stars and, 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 and athletes. And oh my goodness, the, the list goes on and on about the people that we gossip with. If there is someone in your life that's gossiping, you just simply say, you know what? I, I don't, I don't want to be a part of this. I'm not involved in that situation, so I, I don't need to be drug into it. Thank you very much. You know, here's a good principle to realize. One of the things I've found to be true is that if somebody will gossip to me, they will gossip about me. So if you are the ears to gossip, let me just get ready, bro, because it's coming your way very soon. Here's another example. If your buddy always wants to point out, you know, the good looking girls that are on campus or, or wherever you're at at the game or whatever, you just need to say, man, I need you to stop doing that. If you are this person who is constantly tempted uh, with alcohol and, and, and you constantly kind of take it too far and, and so, so you're dealing with that. When your buddies say, man, we're going out this weekend, come on. You, you know what's about to happen. You know you're gonna get drunk again. You know that's gonna drag you down again. You just say, no, thank you. I don't wanna go. Listen, you don't have to give an explanation. You don't have to say, well, my pastor says that you're toxic. setting up a guardrail. <laughs> I'm not asking you to be weird, right? I'm just asking you to be a man. So I'm going to say, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And uh, we deal with it. We move forward. Listen, if a, if a boyfriend is pressuring you sexually, if you like it, you should put a ring on it. That's what I say, right? This, is, this body belongs to God. Not to him. You have a responsibility to honor God with your body. So you're gonna put God first and not the desires of some idiot that wants you to break God's standards for you. Why would you settle for someone that, like that? And sometimes we've tried to set guardrails. We've said statements and, and, and things tend to continue to derail. People continue to harm you continue to criticize you, continue to tempt you, well, what do you do then? I think as a last resort, when guardrails aren't working, you end the relationship. That's the third step. You end the relationship. Zig Ziglar says, if you want to fly with the eagles, you can't continue to scratch with the turkeys. <laughs> I love that. He's a quote machine, by the way. If you don't follow him on Twitter, he's, he's one you got to get to. Like if you want to fly with the eagles, you can't continue to scratch around with the turkeys in your life. They're holding you back from what God wants you to experience spiritually. Now let's hit the pause button here because this doesn't mean I'm encouraging you to get a divorce. If you are married and your marriage is toxic, you have to work on that marriage. Scripture is very clear. Divorce is wrong. It is against God's will for our life. And so if it's toxic, we deal with that. We're not ending that deal. So call a counseling center, call a pastor, get some counseling. We all need counseling, by the way. Stop acting like you're too cool or too big or too bad to get help. We all need help when it comes to marriage. But scripture is clear here. I'm also not talking about cutting off a relationship with a family member. Let's just give an example. If you've got a son or a daughter who's addicted to drugs, I'm not saying cut that relationship off. Um, I'm saying create boundaries, 
Create some guardrails so that you're not enabling that behavior. But we always want our kids to know that we will always, 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 always fight for a right relationship with you no matter who you are, no matter where you go, no matter what you do. Dad loves you, right? We want them to know that. But there might be a situation as a last result, a toxic family member relationship that actually might be uh, physically uh, harmful, like your, your safety is in, in, in question here. And in that case, perhaps it's time to cut that relationship off. Now, some of us need to, to really wake up. We've got to realize who these people are in our life and we've got to end these relationships. I've given several examples. Let me give you a few more. If you're someone who's receiving inappropriate sexual text messages from someone, if you're in high school or college and you're receiving these messages and you're entertaining that, if you're receiving images or pictures that are inappropriate, man, it, it, it is not right for you to continue to experience that kind of abuse because it is a, abuse. It's disrespect. It's not funny. It's actually illegal. And let me tell you, if you're a guy and you're doing that and the wrong Blount County dad sees it, just think about where we live. You're about, re- you're, you're about ready to open the door of a grown man problem, right? Especially if it happens in this family. Like, that's not, mm-mm. I'll go to jail again. I'm just kidding. I've never been to jail. Hey, if you're in a business and your business partner continues to do unethical things, you've set boundaries, and they continue to cross those lines, they won't change, it's time to cut your losses. It's time to separate. It's time to move on, right? If you're married and you're at work and there's somebody at work that continues to flirt with you, Set those boundaries. They continue to cross those boundaries. It's time to inform your employer and maybe it's time for you to move on from that job. Look, if the building is on fire, you get out, right? It's gangrene. Spiritually, it's gonna wound you and hurt you, not just this year, but for years to come. Listen, if you're dating a jerk, this is a no-brainer, ladies. If you're dating somebody that continually wants to cross physical barriers, is, is manipulating you, is a, a toxic tempter in your life, this is a no-brainer. Why in the world would you settle? Update your profile, go buy a dress. It's time to move on, amen? Like, listen, there's a reality. For some of you, you know it's what you need to do. God's already put that on your heart. God's already rested that within your soul and, and, and for whatever reasons, you're just fearful. My encouragement for you today is to take that step. Sometimes this toxic relationship just needs to be cut off. Now, here's the bottom line. You cannot be what God wants you to be without the right people. You cannot be what God wants you to be without the right people in your life. So we talk about toxic relationships here, right? And I'm not, not, you know my heart. If, you hear, if you've been here for a while, you know my heart about evangelism. We wanna, we're, we're investing in the community, right? We're building relationships with unchurched people. We're sharing our story. We're sharing the gospel. We're inviting them to church. And yet there is a boundary that we need to set that if we are in that relationship and they are leading us to sin, this is the toxic relationship that we need to move from. So not only do we need to get rid of some people, perhaps, or set boundaries in our life relationally, but we also have to begin relationships with the right people. 
Because we all need relationships in our life to become everything that God wants us to become. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise. I'm sorry, uh, walk with the wise and become wise. Yeah, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Some of you are hanging out with fools and you have suffered and you are continuing to suffer. Walk with the wise, the commandment is. The, the title of the sermon today is to walk with the wise. Like we want to surround ourselves with the right people because who you walk with in life will determine your future. You've got to walk with the wise people in your life. And so in order to do that, I want to give you three relationships that you need to seek out today. We need to seek out three different types of relationships in our life. And so we're going to look at Scripture. We're going to look at Ecclesiastes 4 here in just a second. So go ahead and open your Bibles. The first relationship we're going to seek is relationships that build you up. Relationships that build you up. You want to surround yourself in your inner circle with people that believe in you, that encourage you, and that build you up. Let's see what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9. He says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has, another, has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A three-cord, a fold a threefold cord is not quickly broken. A couple of things to underline in your Bible. A couple of things to circle here. We see, for they will fall, and then he will have someone to lift up him. So lift up his fellow, or lift up a friend, lift up a brother. The right relationships are people that will lift you up. The right relationships are those that will encourage you. He says you'll keep warm, right? So in that situation, you need relationships that comfort you. When things are not going well, when, when things are, are, are devastating in your life, you need comfort. When you're unsure about your future, you need the right people in your life that will bring those comforting words. Then he says, two will withstand him. You need people that will help you defeat the enemy. You need people in your life that will help you defeat uh, the temptations from the enemy and the things that are in your life that are keeping you from obedience to God. And then he says, a, 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 fold that is made out of three cords is not quickly broken. So when life does happen, we all have broken hearts. We are broken by various relationships. He calls us here in this scripture, he, he encourages us that you won't be broken if you're bound together in the right relationships. I love it. We all need encouragement. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.29, speak only what is helpful for building others up. Speak only what is helpful for building others up. How many people in your life are building you up? How many people are encouraging you? Hey, if you're someone who, okay, I, I may be a toxic person here. The challenge for you is to accept this. Like part of the challenge for you is to become a person that will encourage your spouse, that will encourage the other relationships in your life. Accountability is another thing that we need. We need accountability to grow. Hebrews 10 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. The reality is we all need encouragement, a spurring along to do good, to, to, to love and to do good deeds. The reason is because we're all an, an innately selfish. No matter how great we might be doing today, we always gravitate towards an inward selfish focus. 
And that's just true for all of us, including me. And so I need people in my life. You need people in your life that will spur you along to love others, will spur you along to do good deeds. Now, Tim Keller says this. He says, everyone says they want community and friendship, but mention accountability or commitment to people and they will run the other way. Man, that's so true of us. See, the problem is we don't want people like spurring us along. We just want to kind of settle for where we're at. But the reality is you need the right people in your life to become the man that God wants you to become. You need that coaching. You need that encouragement. You need someone speaking into your life in those areas so that you can break barriers, so that you can experience and, and, and accomplish the goals that you set forth in your life. We need those relationships that build you up. The second relationship to seek out is a relationship that lifts God up. You need relationships that are lifting God up. Now, you probably have friends and you go out to eat with them. Maybe you go double dates with them or, or you know, you're hanging out and, and they're, they're, I mean, for the most part, positive relationships. You might have a workout buddy or whatever. And these are positive relationships. However, they encourage you to love God. Do you even mention the name of Jesus? You pray together? I mean, what, what kind of spiritual component is in that relationship? If you don't have a relationship in your life with a friend who encourages you to lift up God, and in that relationship you are lifting up God, you're talking about God, you're talking about you know, your struggles as, a, as a, a man of God, a Christian believer. If you don't have that person in your life where you're talking about Jesus if, and, and that you're praying with, man, I encourage you to seek that out. Those are the kinds of relationships that we need in our life. 1 John 1, uh, 7 and 8 says, if we live in the light as God is in the light, we can have fellowship with each other. Like we can have fellowship with other, real fellowship, like a, a bond, a, a, a connection relationally, like you can't have with an unbeliever, but you have to walk in the light. And for that, you need accountability. You need a relationship that lifts up the name of God. Some of you, have seen like bad examples of Christianity in your life. And because of those bad examples of Christianity, you've kind of tuned out from maybe Christians or maybe from opening up to someone else. Maybe you're kind of like me. I mean, growing up in the church world, my dad's a pastor. I saw a lot of junk, you know? I saw a lot of leaders who said they were leaders that did some pretty ungodly things. I saw some church members be mean and, and, and rude and, and cantankerous. And, and if I would be completely honest with you today, some of the meanest people I have ever met are church members. I almost said Christians, but we're not quite sure. <laughs> They're church members though. For a season, I was extremely bitter. Bitter at the church, bitter towards people. But here's the reality. If I allow that bitterness to grow now, I'm allowing that relationship or that past relationship to, to toxify my heart now. I can't allow that. I gotta realize that we all need God's grace. I gotta realize that there are people in the church world, in churches, call themselves Christians that are very ungodly. And that's just reality. So I have to have some emotional fortitude. I've gotta have some spiritual maturity to be able to press forward. So do you. I hope, I hope that you would see that, man, there, there are, there's some potential here for you. Not only are we leaving and, and setting up barriers, but we're seeking out the right relationship. Here's the third relationship we want to seek out. 
The third relationship is a relationship that serves others up. It gives you the opportunity to serve other people. Ephesians 4.29, again, speak only what is helpful for building others up. The next phrase is, according to their needs. What needs does this individual in your life have that you can meet? How could you serve? How could you minister to those needs? Now listen, this is why small groups are so valuable. You've got to build these relationships into your life. And small groups give you that opportunity to do that. It gives you that opportunity to, to build those relationships and not only go and learn, not only go and get fed, but you're able to go and serve others. It's frustrating for me when I hear people say, I'm not getting enough out of small group. Because here's what I know. You get out of groups what you put into them. And if you're not putting in, into anything, if you're not putting anything into that group, chances are you're not getting much back. And here's the second truth I would say. You don't go to small group just to get something for you. You're going, just like when you come to church, you're going to groups so that you can serve and encourage and build up other people. That's why I go. I mean, that's why we come to church. At some point, you're gonna, you're gonna have to grow and mature spiritually from a spiritual child who thinks church and small group is all about getting fed to a spiritual young adult that would say, I wanna be focused on other people. And so you attend and, and, and you're going to these groups to see the ways in which you can serve. This is important. This afternoon at five o'clock, I believe, is our small group connect. And it's a great way for you to take that next step of faith, that next step of growth for you, to, to begin to pursue these relationships. And so you come, you're not committing to anything, Talk to Pastor Brandt, get a feel for what's going on. I'm sure he's going to have food. It's Pastor Brandt, right? He's going to have snacks. Now he has to. He's like, dang it. He's ordering something. Chick-fil-A's closed. Um, but seriously, this is your opportunity to step in and, and, and try a couple groups. You might go to one. Maybe you went to one. It was weird or awkward. You didn't kind of fit. That's, that's fine. Go to another one where you can find that. The, the, the key word is seek. You've got to pursue this. We, I don't know why we think that when we pray, God has to drop things in our lap. We're praying for friends and all of a sudden, God's gonna bring somebody to our door. I'm sent here because I believe God wants me to be your friend. Like, like how weird would that be? Like, I don't wanna be your friend, man. <laughs> Leave right now. But we've got to seek out these relationships in our life. Last week, we looked at these boxes, right? And it discouraged us, but I hope it motivates you. You saw just how much time you have left. And that's a very motivating uh, concept, I think. And so the, the, the reality that I challenged you with was that you were gonna go home and write down everything that you thought was gonna make you happy. And so I hope you made that list. If you didn't, it's a great exercise. Go home and do it. Everything that you think is gonna make you happy for the next 20 years or however long you think you have. Once you do that, look at that list. Now, some of you made this list and you had a certain income that you wanted to reach. You, you wanted to open up however many more franchises or businesses or, you know, you wanted to uh, have this kind of house and a uh, vacation home. All right, a lot of material things, but you know, material things don't bring you happiness. You're wise enough to know that. So when we look at our goals for 2017, I hope you're making goals, by the way. Here's the challenge this week. Here's your homework. Go home today and make some relational goals. Because here's the key, life is all about relationships, all about relationships. You need the right people in your life. I hope 
on your list. You put somewhere on there that you and your husband, you and your wife would have a good relationship. That you, did, you put something about your kids. You put something about you know, your friends. I hope you had some relational things on that list. If you didn't, the challenge is to really understand material things are not gonna bring you happiness. What's gonna bring you happiness, what you're gonna uh, feel most fulfilled in this life is when you are in relationship with Jesus and you are seeking healthy relationships around you. Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love God and to love people. It's really that simple. So what are your 2017 relational goals? Maybe you'll say, I need to set a goal that every month my wife and I are gonna go out on a date. So, because we, we, we need to have that relational time together. We're gonna pay babysitters. We're gonna ask a small group leader to watch the kids. We're gonna leave the kids because we're not gonna be a helicopter mom and, and act like our kids can't survive without us, right? And we're gonna go be with our husbands. Maybe for you, it's I'm gonna date my daughter because I've gotta build that relationship with her so she doesn't date a scrub one day, right? I don't want her to experience that. So I wanna, I wanna pour that love and, and relationship in there. If you're a mom, maybe you'll do it for your son. Maybe it, for you, it's gonna be like, the goal for us is I'm gonna get in a small group. We're gonna just bite the bullet. Trent talks about it all the time. Apparently it works. I don't know, let's try it. For some of you, it's gonna be, I wanna invest more into my small group because I'm not really I'm just kind of showing up. I'm not, not really doing what I need to do. So for some of you, it might just mean we're gonna, we're gonna go home, eat some lunch, come back over to the church, see what God has in store for us this year. Now, last year or last week, I asked you to fast from food. I hope you did that. This week, I'm gonna ask you to fast from technology. So maybe it's a, did somebody literally moan? <laughs> somebody literally moaned, moaned. Like, don't eat food, okay. <laughs> don't look at Facebook, ah! Right, I get it. That tells me that it's probably a good idea. <laughs> so it's your choice. Like, maybe it's TV, maybe it's, all social media, I would recommend all social media, I would recommend TV, and use that time to hang out with your family. Maybe read, read the Bible, do the devotion, maybe pick up another book. Um, eight years, remember last week, eight years of the rest of your life, if you're around the age of 40, is going to be watching TV. Now, I don't care how good the show is, that's pretty lame, <laughs> right? So, so what could we do differently this year that, that could spark some growth in us and that could make this year the greatest year we've ever experienced? Man, we've got to surrender our will. We've got to surrender to the Lord's will today. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for your love and your truth. I thank you for your heart to grow us relationally. God, you want us to grow in relationship with you. And, and, and God, you're asking us to grow in our relationship with others. And so, Lord, as we talk about these things, man, we, we know there are some, there's some tense relationships that we have that we need to, to work through. Give us, give us courage to do this. Give us wisdom to do this. Lord, there, there are some tough conversations that may need to happen with some relationships. I pray that you would give that young woman who's struggling with this decision the confidence and, and the courage to do what you're asking her to do. Maybe that young man, Lord, ultimately... Our relationships can make us or break us, so we're seeking out the right relationships today. Help us to find them, experience them, bless them. And we know that all relationships are gonna have trouble because we're sinful. But in each and every area, we surrender to your will so that you could do what you wanna do in us 
and accomplish your will for our life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com.